Thank you for joining us here today at Calvary Church, where we are committed to loving God and loving people. If you have any questions or want to learn more about who we are, visit us online at calvary.ca. Now let's check out this week's message. Hello, everyone. The trees are trimmed. The halls are decked. So Merry Christmas. And welcome to episode one of our Heaven Came Down series. This is a series that is going to take us right through the month of December as we, we anticipate and, and look forward to and celebrate Christmas. And I don't know about you, but in my home right now, there are little children who are excited for Christmas. Our kids have been opening up their Advent calendars and getting their little... Uh, their, their little prize every day. And Advent calendars have come a long way from when I was a kid. We used to just get the little waxy chocolates, and now they got toys and different things. It's pretty awesome, and I'm a little jealous, right? But uh, we, 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 th- my kids are so excited and anticipating Christmas. And honestly, we probably all are to some degree, And in our house, we're also anticipating the birth of our third child. And this is something we've been waiting for for longer than a few days. We've been waiting for for almost nine months now as our our third child is due on December 28th. And just like how in my family, in our home, we are anticipating the birth of a child, our core passage for our Heaven Came Down series anticipates and promises the birth of a child. Our core passage is found in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, this is a passage that many of us have heard at this time of year, probably for years we've heard this passage. And and many of us will know that this passage is promising something to us, promising something that was fulfilled in Jesus. And we're going to take a look at this passage in a little bit more detail uh, in a little bit. And in fact, throughout this whole month, we're going to look at those, those attributes, those things that this passage says, this child shall be called. And each week we're going to look at a different one. But to start things off, we're going to look at the context that this passage was delivered in. And based on that, the title of this message is Hope in Dark Times. Hope in Dark Times. Back when Isaiah prophesied about this child, The Assyrian Empire, the Assyrian army, was on Israel's doorstep preparing to destroy them. And the Assyrians were probably the most feared army in the world at the time. They were brutal. They were terrifying. They did horrible things to people. And in the chapter right before this, we learn that what's going to happen to Israel is Assyria is going to attack them, is going to haul them away into exile, is going to hurt them and harm them. Things are going to go bad 
for the Israelites. And in fact, chapter 8 ends on this note where everything is dark and gloomy. I don't know if you were driving around early on this last week when we had that fog settle over the city. I was driving home on Wednesday night, and I got to one point, and it's a point where there aren't many streetlights or anything, and I could not see very far in front of me. When I picture gloomy darkness, you can't see very far in front of you. In fact, when I picture gloomy darkness, I, I feel this, this heaviness, this weight, this, this fear and uncertainty of not knowing what's going to happen and, and being afraid of what come, will come out of that darkness. But the good news is, is that right after the Israelites are told you're going to be walking in gloomy darkness, a promise is given that changes everything. And in fact, right away in Isaiah chapter 9, it starts talking about how this darkness will end. And we see this in Isaiah 9, the beginning of a promise. Isaiah 9, 2, it says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. There's a promise that light is going to return. In this dark time, light will shine through. And then Isaiah goes on to give three reasons for why this light is going to come into the world. The first reason is that freedom will come. Freedom will come. In Isaiah 9.4, we read, For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken. These are all images of oppression, images of enslavement that's going to end. Now, for Israel, they were thinking in the, in the immediate sense of the invading armies that were going to oppress them. That was their immediate fear. But if we look forward to the promise that was ultimately fulfilled in Jesus, the freedom that we have is freedom from the oppression of the forces of sin in the world. The cosmic forces of sin and death have been shattered because this child was born, because of what Jesus accomplished. We have hope that we are freed from what the New Testament describes as enslavement to sin and death. We have been completely set free from that. So the first part of the promise is that freedom is going to come. For the Israelites, it was freedom from their earthly oppressors. For us, and in Jesus, it's freedom from the oppression of sin and death. The second reason that Isaiah gives for why the light will shine on people is that Israel's enemies will be disarmed. And in a very graphic description in Isaiah 9.5, we read, For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. And the reason why this is so graphic 
is because the Assyrian army was so fearsome. They were so brutal that this is a pretty accurate description of how terrifying they would have been. But all that stuff, all that fear, all of those scary things are going to be completely disarmed, thrown into the fire. So for Israel, it was Assyria again. But in Jesus, it is the forces of evil are disarmed. Demonic forces in the world have been completely disarmed. In fact, realistically, the attacks that we get today, although traumatizing, although difficult, although challenging, although fearsome at times, are really the last gasps of a defeated enemy that has no real power over those who are in Christ Jesus. And that is very, very good news. So the, the two, the first two reasons are that freedom's going to come. Freedom from the cosmic forces of sin and death in the world. Freedom from the, or, and, and then enemies will be disarmed. The, the enemies of God, the enemies of God's people, and ultimately what we know from the New Testament is that we do not do battle with flesh and blood, but with cosmic forces. Those cosmic forces are not only going to be defeated, they're, they're going to be disarmed. And we live in this maybe already not yet tension where sometimes it feels like the enemy has more power than maybe the enemy really does. But we have the assurance that it is finished, it is done through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And the final reason that we get for why light is going to shine on people again is our core passage. To us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The third reason is that a great king is going to be born. And the fulfillment of these promises is ultimately only fulfilled in Jesus. So let's just take uh, uh, some time now and look at the, this one verse in a little bit more detail. The first thing that we need to realize about this verse is that a son is given. Jesus is a gift for humanity. When, when Jesus was born in a manger, when angels lit up the night sky and declared that Jesus had been born and that it was good news, it was a gift that God was giving. He himself, Jesus, is a gift. But it's not just that he was a gift 2,000 years ago. It's not just that he was a gift when he was born. His entire life on earth was a gift as he taught as he discipled people, and ultimately as he laid down his life on the cross, the purpose for which he was born was fulfilled when he died and resurrected, when he bore the punishment for our sins, when he broke the chains of the oppressor, when he disarmed the enemy. That happened on the cross, and that is 
a gift. But you know what? That gift continues today. As followers of Jesus, His presence in our lives each and every day is a gift. The light shines on us in dark times because Jesus is with us. Through the, the power of the Holy Spirit, wherever we go, Jesus is present with us. We are in his family, and he is not letting us go. Jesus is a gift for us to be brought into his family, to be made right before God, to be freed from the burden of the cosmic forces of sin, to have our enemies disarmed and minimalized so that we can walk with him. And any attack, any darkness that comes our way is the last gasps of the enemy. And we have assurance that even though it might feel dark at times, which we can probably admit that it's sometimes, with some of the things that we read in the news today, it feels pretty dark. But Jesus is with us, and he, his gift is with us every single day. The second thing in this passage is the government shall be upon his shoulders. In some translations, it actually just says all authority will be upon his shoulders. Because this isn't talking about the government of Canada or the government of America or the government of any earthly nation. It's his nation. It's his kingdom. And his kingdom is the church. And in fact, we learn that the only person that can really fulfill this promise is Jesus. Because in, his, in verse 7 of Isaiah 9, it says, The increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. He will have a never-ending, an ever-increasing, an ever-growing kingdom. And even though it might feel like in the West here the church isn't growing, well, I assure you, one, that it is growing here. Our church continues to grow. New people continue to come to Christ. And all over the world, in places that we don't even hear about, people are coming to Christ each and every day. His kingdom cannot and will not be stopped. That's an assurance that we have. He is the authority over his church, not us. And he will never abandon or forsake us. We are his people. And his kingdom continues to grow through his people sharing the good news with everybody. And then finally, we get to his name. The name of Jesus. Or the name of this great king. Now this list of traits is is not literally the name that Jesus has or the name that, that uh, this king was supposed to have. These were, this was a common thing that they would do in the ancient world and they would be attributes of this king. And so we're going to look at each one of these throughout the coming weeks, but we're going to start with Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor. Now that word wonderful, if you go into the Hebrew and do a little word study, what you'll find is the literal word is miracle. And we actually hear 
language like this used today even as people talk about Jesus performing signs and wonders in his ministry. Well, the wonders are miracles. So Jesus is a miracle worker. And throughout the gospel, he shows up and he is performing miracles. He is giving blind people their sight back, deaf people their hearing, mute people their voice. He's giving lame people the ability to walk, diseased people health in their bodies. Demon-possessed people, freedom from oppression. All these things he is doing through his miraculous power. He even calms the storms. He even feeds people with food that comes from nowhere. He's a miracle worker. And Jesus still performs miracles today. We don't often hear about them or see them in the same way, but there are people in this room who are here today because Jesus healed them. Jesus saved them. Jesus performed miracles. And I will tell you one thing. Freeing us from this enslavement to sin and death, making us alive in him, let's never forget that that is one of the greatest miracles of all time. That he takes dead people, people who are dead in their sin, and makes them alive in him. That's what he does. That second word, counselor, means to be a guide or a teacher. So when you put them both together, he's a miraculous teacher. Jesus, this coming king, is a miraculous teacher. And surely throughout the gospel stories, we see Jesus teaching. We see Jesus healing. We see, th- we see him do things that astonish people. And one of the stories that highlights what Jesus' teaching was like is found in Mark chapter 1. In this story, Jesus goes into a synagogue and just starts teaching. And in Mark 1, 21 to 22, we read this. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, not as the scribes. Now, the way I'm teaching you today is not the way Jesus would have taught. When we, t- when we talk today about someone being an authority on a subject, we mean that they're an expert on a subject. What Jesus is doing is not like the scribes. The scribes were the experts on subjects. I'm not, by the way, I'm not claiming to be an expert on any subject. I'm just explaining this to you. But the way Jesus taught was something completely different. He taught as a guy who had authority over Scripture. Not that he knew it, that he had authority over it, that he had command over all things. So his teaching is something completely different than the teachings of just a mere human. His teaching is completely different. And in fact, the way that Jesus taught and the things that he taught apply to life to such an extent that it makes everything different. He changes everything. To follow Jesus' way is to put our faith in him and to seek to live out his teachings in the world today. 
His teaching is completely different. When we come to the Bible, when we read the words that Jesus spoke, when we read the things that he taught, these aren't just suggestions for for how to live life better. This is the way life should be. When Jesus came into the world, when heaven came down, as the wonderful counselor, the miracle-working teacher, He was teaching us the way life should be. The people of Israel were living in a dark time. But the light shone in the darkness. Jesus was born. Hope came in where there seemed to be no hope. Jesus is our hope. In dark times. He's a wonderful counselor. He teaches us the way life ought to be lived. In in reverence and submission to him. Following his way. Placing our trust in him and his sacrifice. It's not by the works that we do. It's by what he has accomplished. When we turn and follow him. We seek to follow him with all that we have. So no matter what we're going through today, no matter how dark it may seem, and it will literally be dark soon because it's that time of year, Christmas reminds us that light shines in the darkness. In fact, when the light shines, darkness goes away. Jesus is the light shining in the darkness, giving us hope, no matter what we're going through today, with health, finances, work, family struggles, whatever it is. There's hope in Jesus. Because nothing that you're going through today has the final word on your life. Jesus has the final word on your life. Place our faith in him in all areas. And his teaching leads us to life. It's not a suggestion. It's actually the way to live life the way God intended us to live. So as we go forward today, let's remember that no matter what we're going through today, there is hope. Jesus' light shines in the darkness. Let's go forward knowing that what we read in the Bible is not merely a suggestion It is truth and it is life. And following Jesus is the way to live life the way we were supposed to. There is hope. There is life in Jesus. He is a miracle teacher. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time that we get to spend together. We thank you for this season this season where we get to celebrate your birth and all that it means that the light entered into the world, that heaven came down and that you came down to save us. And I pray that we would remember the promise that we have freedom from enslavement to sin, that, we have, we ha- that the enemies, your enemies, and by extension our enemies, are defeated, disarmed, 
And we thank you that you give us yourself as a gift. Your abiding presence with us is a gift that we have with us each and every day. And I pray that your presence would grow in our lives. You would teach us more and more to walk in your ways. And that no matter how dark things get in what we're, whatever we're going through today, we would always, always remember that you have the final word on everything in our lives. And we place our trust and our faith in you. We thank you that you have forgiven us our sins, that you died on the cross for us, and that that is the reason why you came down. We love you so much. In your name, amen.